0: Turn with me, please, to 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter. We've been talking about fighting the good fight of faith. In 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, and the 12th verse, it says that. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses, and he goes on to talk about how Jesus confessed in front of Pilate when he's facing death and said he came into the world to bear witness to the truth, and he stood up and his faith was unfazed, and you and I need to have unmoved hearts and unfazed faith in the face of whatever we encounter in this life. And because of that, there'll be times you will have to fight. You will have to resist and push back against things that are trying to pressure you into doubting and fearing and giving up and not trusting God and stopping your walk with him and stopping pursuing his plan. You're going to have to have and find some strength. In the greater one that's inside you. And resist. And stand. And having done all to stand. Stand. To stand. Can you see this? It's not a fist fight. It's not a flesh fight. It's a spirit fight. And it's a faith fight. Read it out loud with me. Fight. Fight. The good fight fight. Of faith. Lay hold. On eternal life. Go with me, please, over to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians 6, Lord, we just ask and release our faith for utterance exact and for the anointing that teaches and for revelation of light and truth that makes free any correction that we need to make in our thinking and understanding, we ask you to give it to us We'll receive it. Any adjustments that we need to make, we ask for it, we receive it. Give everybody eyes and ears and heart and mind to see, hear, know, and receive. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe that, say amen. Say amen Amen means so be it. So be it to me in Jesus' name. Ephesians 6, verse 10, I'm reading out of the Complete Jewish Bible, the CJB. Complete Jewish Bible. It reads like this. Finally grow powerful in union with the Lord, in union with his mighty strength. That ought to enable you to fight a good fight. Yeah. Use all the armor and weaponry that God provides so that you may be able to stand against Now a lot of people at this point they would think that reads power of the devil. And people, they, they fixate on the devil's power. But it doesn't say the power of the devil. What does it say? The wiles of the devil. And here, this translation says, the deceptive tactics of the adversary. And this is one of the big things we must understand, or elsewise, we won't even be fighting the good fight. We'll be like 1 Corinthians 9 talked about, beating the air, shadow boxing. You can think you're fighting, and you're not hitting anything. You're just beating the air. And so in order to not just be beating the air, you've got to know what we're fighting against specifically. Somebody said, the devil, or devil. The devil. And, <laughs> and what? Oh, power of the devil. Uh, a lot of times people... <laughs> They just have a, a real hazy idea about the whole thing and it's not reality. The devil is real. His cohorts, evil spirits, are real. But there's, we should have zero fear of them. None. If we know the truth, we won't be afraid of them. And yet, we will take this very seriously, what they are doing against us on a daily basis. They are bringing deceptive ideas and thoughts and suggestions and feelings and temptations to us continually and we need to take that very seriously and be on our watch and on our guard not yelling and screaming and flailing our arms at some imaginary Hollywood dragon (laughs) some big drooling monster with horns and teeth that's why a lot of people just, their concept is of the devil is Hollywood, and, and they're just scared, and they don't want to hear about the devil, and they don't want to talk about the devil, and people get in the ditch on one side or the other. Either they want to act like there is no devil and never talk about these things, or they get in the ditch on the other side of the road, and they talk about the devil all the time, and they're scared of him. That's right. Neither of those is true. What do we need armor for? What do we need weaponry for? What do we need the strength of God for? To stand against the deceptive tactics of the adversary. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. And he is really, really good at it. I said he's good at it. He is so good at it that much of the world is deceived and don't realize it. They don't know it. They don't know it's him. Don't even believe he exists. And yet he is leading them around by the nose. One of his favorite lies is that he doesn't exist. <laughs> and all these thoughts and feelings that you're dealing with, you just brought up, you, you conjured on your own. <laughs> but no, The enemy will bring deception to you to try to get you to believe it. How would you know it's a lie? Ephesians says the light makes everything manifest. How would you know something's a lie? Only in the light of the truth would you realize that's not true. And what if you're ignorant of the word like millions are? True. Then you're easily deceived. Yep. Yep. Easily duped. And the problem with being deceived is you don't know you're deceived. If you knew you were deceived, right. you wouldn't be deceived. <laughs> right? Yes, sir. Deceived means you are believing that a lie is true. You think it's right. You think it's true. Maybe you think it's God, maybe you think it's the Bible, but it's not, and so you're believing a lie, and this is the thing, we are to be, like Peter said, vigilant, on the watch, on our guard about, day and night, everything you hear, everything you see, every thought and feeling that comes to you, you need to challenge it, and say, is this true? Where is this coming from? Is this true? Is this right? How do I know it's true? Aren't you glad we got the book? The book that reveals the truth. And we can check it against this book. Is that right? And we got the author of the book. Who's the spirit of truth. Living inside us. 24-7. And the spirit of truth, Jesus said, will teach you and guide you into all the truth, and in the light of that truth, you can go, that ain't right. Why? Because the truth says this. That can't be right. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because it's contrary to the truth. But we need, that's why you need to read your chapter every day. Is that right? Monday through Friday. Others besides, why you need to come to church right? Be in every meeting that you're supposed to be in because if you don't need it today, you're going to need it tomorrow. Something's going to come up and you do not need to be in the dark or ignorant of the truth of God's word or of the enemy's devices. So he said that you might be able to stand against the deceptive tactics of the adversary. For we're not struggling against human beings, but against the rulers, authorities, And cosmic, actually that's the word for world powers governing this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. We're going to talk more about this in a little bit. So take up every piece of war equipment God provides, so that when the evil day comes, what do we do? This is actually a more literal rendering in the complete Jewish. You will be able to resist, which is in line with what James says: resist the devil. And what'll happen? What's our number one job in dealing with the devil? Resist. Everybody say resist. resist. Say it three times: resist. Resist. resist, resist, resist. Now sometimes that same word is translated stand against. Sometimes it's translated withstand, but it's the same word translated resist. This is what we need to do with the devil. Not some goofy thing. Not just screaming and sweating. Come on, are y'all with me? When you're resisting the thoughts and feelings and suggestions and temptations, lies that the enemy's bringing to you, when you resist that specific thing, you are actually making contact. You're not beating the air. You are winning the fight. Somebody say resist. resist. Say it out loud, resist the, devil, resist the devil, and he will, and he will flee, flee from you. But you got to what? You got what? Well, what's the opposite of resisting? Giving in. Give in. Yielding to it. If thoughts and feelings came to you and you didn't resist them, what did you do? You just sat there and thought them. You talked about them. You yielded to them. You pondered them. You meditated them. And if you do that long enough, you're going to talk it and you're going to act on it. That's how you lose the fight. You got to resist it. So take up every piece of war equipment God provides so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to resist. And when the battle is won, you'll still be standing. Anybody like that? Therefore, verse 14, what? Stand. Can you hear these words? Keep going. Stand, withstand, resist, stand against. That's how you fight. And 2 Corinthians 10, we've already read it, but specifically it said, though we walk in the flesh... We don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural, fleshly. But they are mighty. They're real. To the pulling down of strongholds. And the very next verse mentions the strongholds he's talking about. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought. Thought. Somebody say thought. Every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Don't wait. To see uh, something with horns and a pitchfork. To think that's the devil. i got to resist the devil. How's he going to come? Well one of his favorite ways to come. Is as an angel of light. Have you read the scriptures? That he transforms himself. Into an angel. One of his favorite things. Is try to get you to believe it's God. When it's got nothing to do with God. When it's not God. How you gonna know? Somebody said, "Well, that scares me. How'm I gonna know the difference?" You better get your nose in the book. Get your nose that's right. in the book that's right. and come to church—a right. place where they're not just talking about some little quotes from *Reader's Digest* that's right. That's right. or the current social event, that's right. That's right. but some anointing that's right. on the Word of God that's, right. that's going to open your eyes. Come on, are you with me? And you're going to see the truth. Yeah. So then and only then do you know what to resist? So you got you got Christians resisting the Holy Spirit, resisting speaking in tongues, huh? Resisting healing and miracles. And they need to be healed. You got Christians resisting prosperity and can't pay their bills. Why? Because they think that's God. They think it's holy. The enemy has duped them. And we're not throwing any stones. All of us have have bit into something and bought into something that wasn't right because of our ignorance. Uh Oh, but the Lord's helping us if we'll listen, if we'll listen. He said, therefore, stand, have the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Put on righteousness for a breastplate. Wear on your feet the readiness that comes from the good news of Shalom, Always carry the shield of trust, shield of faith, with which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. What is a flaming arrow? What would it be? It's a lie. It's a deception designed to pierce you and rob you of your faith. And if you just stand there and go, I can't help it. Zoop. But when you see it coming, you better throw that shield up and go, I don't believe it. I resist you in Jesus' name. I'm not going to quit believing what God told me. He bought it. He paid for it. He's bigger than anything. It's mine. I'm going to have it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to believe it today. I'm going to believe it next week. I'm going to believe it next year. And if you get that shield of faith up, yep. zing, bing, 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 <laughs> boing. Now you better have it ready because he's going to shoot at you some more. Yeah. I, I know you wish. Well, when's he going to quit shooting us? Not in this life. <laughs> <laughs> you best be ready. Yes. Amen. And we're going to talk about some of these things, I think. This series just keeps <laughs> getting bigger and bigger. But I mean, you want to hear about these parts of the armor, don't you? I mean, But there's no need getting to get into that until we get this other part. Take the helmet of deliverance and the sword given by the Spirit that is the Word of God. Boy, there's some things to talk about that. The offensive weapon. It's offensive. The sword is not just for defense, it's for penetration. Hallelujah! (laughs) It's to wreak damage (laughs) on darkness. And anyway, he went on to to talk about that. For time's sake, let me fast forward a little bit to something else here that goes right along with this. You look at it again in Ephesians 6. He mentions four categories of devil power or authority or work. He said, we're not struggling, verse 12, against human beings, but against the rulers, or King James says, principalities. And powers, which is the word for authorities. Authorities. And world powers, or rulers of the darkness of this world. And against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. He mentions four ranks, if you will, four categories of spirits of darkness and how they rule and control men in the world through their influence. Now, we've already covered some of this, so if you weren't with us, go back and get the downloads or the the CDs or DVDs. But we looked at how 1 John says the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. And 2 Corinthians 4 says Satan is the God of this world. And that's because that is true. So many churchgoers are wrong when they say God is in control. Right, right, right. And they're trying to say that everything that's happening on this planet is somehow the will of God. Is God controlling people being destroyed through war and disease and innocence being devastated? Is that, and people say, well, you just shouldn't question the uh, providence of God. Well, no, that's one of those lies that we've been talking about. Why? If you believe that, then you're not going to resist it. And the enemy just walks right in. Steals, kills, and destroys. But no, it's not true. The truth is. In heaven God is in complete control and they got no disease and no war and no crime and no lack is that right and there's coming a time when the kingdoms of this world they shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and he is going to be in complete control down here and when that happens there's going to be no more curse Come on, have you read about it? No more crying, no more dying, but that hasn't happened yet. What's going on right now is that Satan is the God of this world. And he is controlling most of it through these evil spirits that are mentioned right here, through principalities, authorities, the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness In the heavenlies is the literal translation. In the heavenlies. Now, I made reference to my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagen Sr., who's in heaven now, and how the head of the church he shared appeared to him back in in Oklahoma in 1952 and talked to him for an hour and a half about the devil, demons, evil spirits, how they operate. And he said how they control people. And how they can affect even Christians. Listen to this. If they allow them to. Mm. Did you hear this? Yes. Don't miss that part. Right. If they allow them to. You remember First Peter said. Uh, the devil goes about as a roaring lion. Seeking. Devouring anybody he wants to. No. no. Seeking whom he may devour. And what's the next verse say? Whom resist. There it is again, resisting steadfast in the faith. What does it mean, resist steadfast? That means do it today, do it this evening, do it tomorrow. Keep on resisting. We never stop resisting the devil. But I want to read to you what he said, the head of the church said to him about these things. And I want you to listen carefully. And would you be open to making some changes if you need to? I'm convinced the devil has laughed at us and mocked us, he and his cohorts, because of how foolish most Christians have been in dealing with him. They have done things imagining that they're fighting the devil and said things and preached things that have zero effect on him and he could care less about. And I want that to stop with any of us. I want us to quit playing games yes, and get rid of any religious misconceptions, yes, any old or any new yes. ideas of men that are not right, that are not the Word of God. Would you be open to that? Yes. Then say it out loud with me, Father God, Father God open, my eyes. open my eyes. Help me to see, me to see the truth, the truth. Reality, reality, about the devil, and demons, demons, what they are, what they are. what they're not, not. how they work, how they they don't. don't. Show me what's you, God, and what's not you. What's What's true true. and what's not true, true. I ask for it. In Jesus' name, I believe I receive it, it. and I thank you for it. it. Amen. Amen. Thank Thank you, Lord. How many would believe there's a lot for us to learn about these things? And how many think there's a bunch of junk that people imagine? A bunch of goofy ideas. Yes. We want to be delivered from all the goofiness. Amen. You? You want to be? Amen. I want zero goofiness Amen. in my <laughs> spiritual life. Now, I'm quoting and reading from Brother Hagen's book, Brother Kenneth E. Hagen's book, I Believe in Visions. It's in chapter 4, where he talks about uh, the title of it's How Satan Influences Lives Today. And he told the story of how he's holding a meeting in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, 1952. And after the service, he and the pastor uh, and their family knelt down to pray. And when he did, he said it, it was like he knelt down in a cloud. He was in the spirit, and, and he saw the Lord. And the Lord talked to him for an hour and a half about the devil and demons, evil spirits, how to deal with them. And I'm just going to read you an excerpt from this. He said, the Lord told him. He said, I'm quoting now what he said the Lord said. Now, if the head of the church said this, yeah. should we take it seriously? Yeah. You should examine every part of it with the scripture. And one of the, one of the things that's so outstanding, if you read that passage, Jesus gave him scripture every part of this. Yeah. Scripture after scripture after scripture. Some of it he, he didn't want to accept. And he said, you go out to give me at least two or three witnesses. And the Lord said, I'll give you four. There you go. Wow. And at one point he said, Lord, I've read the New Testament parts of it 150 times. And if there's anything in there like that, I've never seen it. He said, the Lord smiled and said, son, there's a lot in there you hadn't seen. Wow. <laughs> wow. Awesome. So if this is the head of the church and he said this and the scriptures front and back about it, should we take it seriously? Absolutely. He said, the Lord said this, there are four divisions. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and wicked spirits in high places are in the heavenlies. The highest spirits with which you have to deal are the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, Jesus told Brother Hagen three times in that vision that we don't directly deal with the wicked spirits in heavenly places. Three times. You're quiet it just got. Because there's a number of people... Who imagine that they are personally wrestling with wicked spirits in the heavenlies? And Jesus said, "In this, we don't deal with those. The highest type we deal with are the rulers of the darkness of this world, here on on the earth." Now, if you think otherwise, you know what you need for your your belief: Scripture. scriptures. Right. Let me go on reading. He said, the Lord said to me, these are the highest types of demons with which you have to deal on earth, the rulers of the darkness of this world. They rule all unsaved people and all who are in darkness. They rule over them and dominate them. That is why people do and say the things they don't intend to. That's why some good people say, I would never do anything like that. And before a year has passed, they have done something worse. This is because they are dominated by the rulers of the darkness of this world. They're in the kingdom of darkness. And whether you want to admit it or not, even your close friends and relatives or whoever it may be, if they're unsaved, they're dominated by these spirits who are rulers of the darkness of this world. How are they dominating them? By these thoughts and these suggestions and these feelings and folks are just yielding to them. And that's why sometimes people, they have such remorse. They think, how in the world did I do that? Why did I do that? But they just acted on those thoughts and those feelings. Anyway, he said, it's always one of the rulers of the darkness of this world that possesses a person. They rule not only those who are within the darkness of this world, but they tell the principalities what to do. The principalities rule over the powers and tell them what to do. The lowest type of demons have very little to do. They do very little thinking on their own and are told what to do. Now among other things, the Lord said, I'll show you how these spirits get a hold of people when they are allowed in. Did you hear that? Don't be afraid of the devil. He cannot just come and do something to you. You have to let him in. You have to yield to it. He can't force you or me or anybody. But the problem is people are yielding to it and don't even realize what they're doing. And, and we, last time we talked about how that uh, he showed him that woman and how the enemy came to her. I'll just read it to you again. He said, the Lord said, I'll show you how these evil spirits get a hold of people when they're allowed in. And he said, suddenly in the vision, I saw a woman. I immediately recognized her as being the former wife of a minister. I had been introduced to her and her husband on one occasion. I shook hands with them. Other than that, I didn't know either of them. I'd had no communication with either of them in any way. I I knew she had left her husband. The Lord said, this woman was a child of mine. She was in the ministry with her husband. She was filled with the Spirit. Even the gifts of the Spirit were operating in her life. One day an evil spirit came to her and whispered in her ear. Now, is she being attacked? What's it time for her to do? Time for her to fight. Right? Which the way you do it is to resist. And he said the spirit came and whispered to her ear. Now is she seeing something physical? No. She's not hearing an audible voice. This is coming against her mind. Can you see this? And yet it's real. It's spiritual. And evil spirits involved. Not something to be afraid of. But something to take seriously. Seriously. And resist and not let it in your thinking. And he said, uh, the Spirit said to her, whispered in her ear, you are a beautiful woman. You could have had fame and popularity and wealth. But you've been cheated in life by following in the Christian walk. Now friend, you will notice this again and again. The devil will try to get you in self-pity. It is one of his major avenues in. If he can get you to feeling sorry for your life, what's he telling her? You've been robbed. You've been robbed. They don't appreciate you. They don't appreciate you. Your gifts, your calling, who you are. You're an amazing specimen of a woman. You're so beautiful. Your husband, he doesn't appreciate you. This little church... Your talent, your singing ability, it's on par with the best on the stages of the world. You could have fame. You could be, people could be working for you and looking up to you. And, and you could have money. And, and instead of that little dinky house that you're living in, you could have the, you've been robbed. You've been cheated. You've been mistreated. Why am I hollering about this, guys? Friend, be on your guard against anything that tries to tempt you to feel sorry for yourself and and listen to that you've been cheated. You've been mistreated. They they should have done this for you. They should have given you this. They should have given you this place. Friend, you need to treat that like a giant rattlesnake in your bed. Because it's deadly. It is deadly. He said, you've been cheated in life by following the Christian walk. The woman realized this was an evil spirit. And she said, get behind me, Satan. And the spirit left her for a period. So she did the right thing. Get out of here. Sometimes you need to speak right up out loud. Something's coming against your mind. Feelings, temptations, suggestions. Sometimes you need to speak right up and go, get out of here. Shut up. No. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't believe that. And you know how you combat that self pity stuff? You start saying, I have so much to be thankful for. God has done so much for me. I, I cannot get into self pity, be unthankful, and judge others and criticize. No, no, no. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Look what God's done for me. I'm blessed. They don't owe me anything. Whatever I need, if it doesn't come through them, it'll come some other way. I'll get what I need. But you don't wallow in self-pity. You don't. To do so is to give place to the devil. Is to lower your faith shield. Is to take off your breastplate and pull off your helmet and just let him shoot at you. And let that stuff get in you. By and by the spirit returned. Do you know this is how the devil works? He sat on her shoulder. He whispered in her ear. You're a beautiful woman. But you've been robbed. Can you hear the spirit of that? Are you getting the spirit? You've been robbed. You've been cheated. They haven't treated you right. You deserve better. What's the biggest mistake you could make when something like that comes? Sit there and go, "Yeah, you know that's right. He don't appreciate me. She don't know what she's got. They don't know they don't know how hard I work, what I do. Nobody knows." <laughs> Price I've paid. Sacrifices I've made. (laughs) Friend, you are getting shot. And you are losing a fight. Come on, can you see this? And this is how you can ruin your life. You can totally ruin your life. You can wind up losing your place, getting out of the plan of God. Severing your contacts and the people God joins you to, you can absolutely ruin your life. Let the devil do it. Some may say, not me, not me. I'm I'm gonna resist. And then what are you gonna do? And if he comes back a forty more times, what are you gonna do? Resist, 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 and having done all you're gonna stand and resist. Spirit returned, set on her shoulder whispered in her ear, you're a beautiful woman, but you've been robbed by taking this lowly walk of Christianity and living this separated life. Again, she recognized this as Satan, and she said, Satan, I resist you in the name of Jesus. And he left her for a while. But he came back again, sat on her shoulder, whispering the same things in her ear. This time she began to entertain those thoughts for she liked to think she was beautiful. What's the problem? Is it the devil you need to be scared of? (laughs) What's the problem? The problem is you wanting to think on that. That's the danger. As she began to think along the lines that the devil suggested to her, she became obsessed with that thinking. Now, one reason I'm reading this going over it again is because the head of the church reveals the four ranks of the enemy, and he reveals in this three degrees of control of the enemy in human beings' life. Three degrees. They are oppressed, obsessed, and possessed. These are the three degrees of influence and control. Do you have to be scared that the devil's going to control you against your will? No. That was weak. No. Do you have to be afraid the devil's going to come and get you and control you? No, no. A thousand times no. You're a child of God. Greater is he that's in you, is that right? Yeah. Than he that's in the world. He can't do anything to you unless you let him. Unless you choose to think on it and yield to it. And if you do, you're in trouble. Because when you choose to listen to those lies, darkness comes in. And that's how you get deceived. And that's how you get defeated. He said, in the vision, I saw the woman become as transparent as glass, and I saw in her mind a black dot. And the Lord said, that dot represents the fact that she is obsessed in her thinking with this spirit. What does that mean if you're obsessed in your thinking with it? You think about it all the time. You think about it all the time. You think about it when you get up in the morning. You think about it on the way to work. You think about it at break and lunchtime. You think about it when you're coming home. You think about it at night. That means you're obsessed with it. Thinking about it. What is she obsessed with thinking about? I could be a success in the world. Basically, I'm too good for the ministry. I'm too good for my podunk husband... In this little dinky church. They're just holding me back. Holding me down. I am the whole package. I got the looks. I got the talent. I got the suave. I got the cool. In the world. In the world. I could be just as big a hit as anybody. These people are holding me down. They don't know who I am. They don't know what I am. They don't know what they've got. They don't appreciate me. And she thought about that day and night. And so what happened, I'm reading what the Lord said. The Lord said at first she was oppressed on the outside. But as she allowed the devil's suggestion to take hold of her thoughts, her mind became obsessed. That's when he saw that black dot move into her head. It wasn't in her until she chose to think about it night and day. Come on, can you see this? Yes, yes. What's she doing? She's giving place to the devil. Yes. Another way of saying it, she's letting him in. Yes. By doing what? By choosing to think on this. I believe the Lord's answering our prayer right now. Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. That we're, we're getting rid of goofiness yes. and we're seeing how it really works. Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. <laughs> And the good news is, is next time the devil tries to pull something on you, he's going to run into a wall. Is that right? He's going to run into a shield. Is that right? Because you're not going to give in. You're going you're gonna to say, get out of here. Get out of here. And you, you kick right into thanksgiving. You'll go, fell Sorry. Nobody ought to feel sorry for me. I'm one of the blessed guys you ever saw in your life. Look at where God's got me. Look at what God's done for me. Look at what he's doing for me. They don't owe me anything. They're not my source. I'm not looking at them. God's my source. I'll have everything I need. I'm not looking at them. What if they don't appreciate me? Nobody said they had to. I appreciate me. God appreciates me. Yeah. I can be happy. I can have joy. I can have peace. I can have victory. When I go through life sad and depressed, thinking about you, what you hadn't done for me, how you didn't appreciate me, didn't treat me right, that's a waste of good time. Isn't it? <laughs> I like what Brother Lester Summerall said one time. I was in a meeting where he was preaching. He just bellowed it out. He said, Other people's heads There's no place for me to look for my happiness. Other people's heads. There's no place for me to look for my happiness. I'm complete in him. Now what, what happened to her? Are you seeing these three levels of control? The enemy came and oppressed her. And she resisted. And she's fine. And if she'd have kept doing that, she'd have just been fine. Never, never would have lost this battle. But the enemy's persistent. He'll keep coming back. He'll keep bringing the same thoughts and feelings and suggestions to you. And so when she decided, she quit resisting it and decided just to think on it, it moved from out here into her head. He saw a black dot in her head and the Lord said, now she's obsessed so the enemy now has much more control in her life, doesn't he? Well, do you think it's affecting what she's doing? Her thinking about that night and day? So the influence of darkness is more pronounced now. And affecting everything she's doing. You know, if how is she treating the people in the church? And on staff. If she's thinking about that all the time. She's off. Have you ever noticed when somebody was off? And one of the key indicators is they lose their joy and they lose their peace. The joy of the Lord is our strength. If we're doing good, we're going to have joy. And if we're in faith and walking in faith, we're going to have joy and peace. And even the language is correct. Somebody says, well, they just act off. It's because they're getting off. That's what deception means is literally to lead astray to lead off of the right path. The reason they're acting off is because they are off. They're getting off. But they didn't have to. I don't have to. You don't have to. And we're choosing not to. Her mind became obsessed because, listen to this, she wanted to think. I'm a beautiful woman. I could have had wealth and popularity, but I've been robbed in life. The Lord says still it wasn't too late. She could have resisted. She could have refused to think those thoughts. Then the spirit would have fled from her. And she would have remained free. But she chose otherwise. Finally she left her husband. And went out into the world. Seeking the fame and wealth the devil offered. She took up with one man after another. See isn't that the danger? If you don't resist that. If you just start thinking about it night and day, you may not act on it today, but if you keep it on your mind night and day, what's going to happen? You, you're going to act on it. You're going to get to the place where you don't care what anybody thinks. You're going to do what you got in your heart and mind. And finally she left her husband, went out into the world. After a time that thing got down into her spirit. In the vision, I saw the black dot move from her head to her heart. Then the woman said, I don't want the Lord anymore. Leave me alone. Is this serious? Do you reckon now she is a completely different woman than she was a few years ago? If you'd have met her and talked to her, you'd think that's not even the same woman. Why? Because of the influence she has yielded to. Oppressed, obsessed possessed and they're different degrees of each of these you must say possessed does that that just mean they're completely taken over well no there are different degrees of it but it got down in her he said Lord do you want me to pray for this woman do you want me to cast the devil out of her and the Lord said no I don't want you to pray and cast the devil out of her because you couldn't anyway she wants that spirit. And as long as she wants it. She can have it. Therefore I tell you not to pray for her. I merely showed you this. So that you might see. How the devil can get a hold. Of even Christians. If they'll permit him to. If they'll permit him to. If they'll permit him to. Somebody say. I'm not going to permit him to. did not that sound like. Whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. Now, uh, something else. He said, the Lord said, the rulers of the darkness of this world are always the ones that get a hold of a man and eventually possess him. There are degrees of possession, and they will bring other evil spirits with them. And that's when you just see it get worse and worse and worse. And a lot of times, uh, people that are possessed, we'd say they lost their mind. Because they are saying and doing things they're not even aware of. That is a a strong degree of possession. But how did it get that way? You got to go all the way back. Come on, can you see this? You're not just walking down the road and go, oops, I stepped in the devil and I'm possessed. (laughs) No. No. Or you can't say, you know, I think there's a witch lives in my apartment. She put the hoodoo on me. (laughs) Do not fear any of that stuff. Far greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If somebody tries to curse you, just laugh. And say, I hope you made it your size. Because the curse causeless shall not come. It'll return to the place it came from. So it's going to boomerang and come right back on your head. How can you curse whom God has blessed? But see, if you fear it, then it can have power in your life. Not because they're so great, because you're so scared. Mm-mm. He went on to say, The Lord, he said, I asked the Lord, why can we cast them into the pit and banish them from earth forever? And the Lord said, the time for this hasn't come yet. If it would have been possible, when I was on the earth, I would have cast them all into the pit. And there would have been just that many less for you to have to deal with. (laughs) But you'll remember the Lord referred to scriptures all again. He said, you remember the demons cried out and they said, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, the son of God? Are you come to torment us before the time? He said, see, their time hasn't come yet. But the time is coming when Satan and all his demons will be cast into the lake of fire where they will be forever. And I say, good riddance. Is that right? I'm not going to shed one tear over that evil bunch. Gone and glad to have them gone. Now, here's the other thing. When the Lord said to him that phrase, he said, Son, there's a lot in the New Testament you don't know. He said, the Lord pointed out, is everybody listening? There is not one single place in the New Testament. He said, Jesus is saying this. I'm quoting what Brother Hagin said, the head of the church said. His words. The Lord said, there's not one single place in the New Testament where believers are ever told to pray against the devil and that I will do anything about the devil. I'm going to read that again. There's not one single place in the New Testament where believers are ever told to pray against the devil and that I will do anything about him. There's not one instance in any of the epistles written to the churches that has said to tell God to rebuke the devil or ask God, you know, to do something about the devil. People who are praying against the devil and are asking God to rebuke the devil or do something about the devil are wasting their time. He said the head of the church told him this. And that was part of the thing when he said, well, Lord, one thing he said, Lord, I've wasted a lot of time. And among the things he said Lord I, I haven't heard anybody say anything like that You're going to have to show me in the scripture And he showed him In Matthew 28 And in Mark 16 And in Ephesians and James 4 Where again and again In First Peter Scriptures we've already been talking about Where the believer is told To take authority Is that right? right. Not pray against the devil But exercise authority Is that Right? But praying against the devil and asking God to do something about the devil, Jesus said, is a waste of time. Do we believe that or not? Well, whether you do or don't, don't just throw this away. Take it and go to the Scriptures. If you think that's not right, prove it with where's the Scriptures at. Do you find one instance? You know, it's actually liberating for us to realize what we can do and what we can't do instead of trying to take pressure on us to do stuff. See, some people have left the idea that if you and I get enough faith and learn how to pray powerfully enough, we could go into any city and remove the spiritual influences and everybody would come to God. Why didn't Jesus do that? Why didn't Paul do that? Is it happening right now? Now, there will be times when you might be in prayer and the Lord will deal with you to take authority over something. But you don't have just blanket authority throughout the earth because as long as people want to listen to those things and they want to think those things and they want to believe those things, you can't deliver them in spite of themselves. And you can't just bind up all the spirits and cast them into the pit. Yeah. How many think there's a lot of things people have imagined they're doing and it was simply beating the air? Yes. Telling God to do this about the devil or pleading with God to make the devil stop or make the devil do this. Jesus said it's a waste of time. Do we, Should we take this seriously? Should we think about this? I'm going to read it again. There's not one single place in the New Testament where believers are ever told to pray against the devil and that I will do anything about him. There's not one instance in any of the epistles written to the churches that is said to tell God to rebuke the devil. People who are praying against the devil and asking God to rebuke the devil or do something about the devil are wasting their time. We've already camped on this for several sessions now. What are we supposed to do with the devil? Resist. Resist. That's not God's job. That's something we're supposed to do. When influences come, when suggestions come, when temptations come, he said, in fact, God's done all he's going to do about the devil for the time being until the angel comes down and takes the chain and binds him and puts him into the bottomless pit. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, (laughs) and just if you're taking notes, I'll just give these to you—the scriptures that the Lord gave Brother Hagen to confirm that. He said every writer of the New Testament, in writing to the church, always told the believer to do something about the devil. Matthew 28:18 through 20, Mark 16:15 through 18. James 4.7, 1 Peter 5.8, Ephesians 4.27. And after that, Jesus said to me, here are your four witnesses. I am the first, James is the second, Peter is the third, Paul is the fourth. Now, here's an interesting thing. Jesus didn't refer to like Ephesians and 2 Corinthians as two witnesses. Because both of them would have been through the hand of Paul. Do you see that? He referred to a different person as a different witness. How many think there's a lot we could learn? He said, this establishes the fact that the believer has authority on earth. I have delegated my authority to you on the earth over the devil. If you don't do anything about it, then nothing will be done. And that's why many times nothing is done. Yeah, that's right. Brother Hagin said, then I said, he said that he noticed the Lord was through talking to him. He was about to walk away. And he said, Lord, you've only told me about those three categories of evil spirits, the rulers of the darkness of this world, the powers and the principalities. What about the wicked spirits in the heavenlies? He said, the Lord said, you take care of the ones on earth. I'll take care of the ones in the heavenlies. Stand on your feet, everybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's close our eyes, and lift up our hands to the Lord. Let's thank the Lord for his total victory over the enemy. Lord, we confess, you have spoiled them and brought them to naught. You have conquered them and stripped them and defeated them. You have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. You've got the name that's above every name in heaven, earth, and hell. And you have given us that great name. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Said out loud, I have, I have authority over all the powers of the enemy. The of the enemy. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name, greater, greater is, he, greater is that's he that's in me, that's in me. Than, he that in than He that is in the world. Glory to God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today, free of charge, by the partners of More Life Ministries